Thank you. Well, good morning and uh, welcome. It's It's been so good to be here already. It's, I just, I need you. Um, we need each other. And uh, so it's just good to be in the presence of y'all. It's, um, and I was blessed and I was in awe, however, I shouldn't have been in awe because this is how God works. But Jonathan was leading out in songs, and I thought it was fitting to what I'm sharing. And the deeper, deeper song, I had thought about maybe closing with that song. So that, I was debating, so that kind of makes up my mind. Um, but it's just neat to see God working. And uh, so anyway, if you've ever studied righteousness, I think you'll agree with me, it is, a, may I say, a huge subject to study. In fact, as I was, Jonathan was praying, my mind was churning already, and it was in a whirlwind, and uh if we really analyze Scripture, it's really all about the godliness, righteousness, and holiness. That's really all of it. So it's, what avenue should I take today? I guess I'll share it and then I'll get in. It's, there's a concern because there's also false teaching on righteousness. So bear with me. It's, I even seek counsel yesterday because I, I see this as being so serious that we understand righteousness. I guess we'll continue our walk in Christ's Sermon on the Mount. And this earpiece... We have a new one, and this thing, the wire is stiff, and it just wants to move whenever it bugs me. If you remember, the uh, Beatitudes are a progression. Um, starting out with we're uh, uh, poor in the spirit. We see ourselves as bankrupt before God. We have, without him, we have nothing. We are totally lost. So verse 3 is the, uh, is the foundation. And uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven, sorry. And if we notice, he starts with, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and he ends with, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
And this, the rest is all part of the sandwich then. Then verse 4 to 6 is our inner heart response. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And if you notice, the first four are our character. That's, that's what our character is. Then if you read on, now it starts being our conduct. It's the outward heart response. It's blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Then, verse 10 and 12, that's what we endure then. And that is the world's response. Blessed are they which are persecuted. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So today we want to focus on blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see, so many people have the idea that being a Christian is like taking foul-tasting medicine. We'll take it because we know later we'll feel better. Or they're like the young man who prayed at a prayer meeting with a few attendants, few in attendance, oh God, be with us now and help us while the rest of the people are out having fun. Or do you ever feel like going to church is like going to the dentist? Or having a quiet time is very undesirable. If we have any of these feelings, we'd rather not be here. We're getting our satisfaction from something else. Outside of our relationship with God. Later you'll, if the Lord keeps my eyes open to it, is... Over in here. There we go. Now it's louder. Okay. It's not staying. How's that? Is that catching it better? It's a new one, so bear with us. Where was I when I was so rudely interrupted? Um, we must be empty of ourselves in order to be hungry for Christ. Now I know what I was saying. We all have this vacuum. God has placed this void in us. And all our life, no, not all our life, as we're growing up, we are reaching, we're always desiring something. And until we find Christ, we're desiring. We turn to whatever it may be. Our desires, our passions, um, 
For a while, I lived in, I mean, my life was volleyball. That's where I was fulfilled. However, I was not satisfied. I needed more, and I needed more, and I needed more. It just didn't fulfill it. If we hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. That is gone now. We have found it in Jesus Christ. It's intentional that God left that void there. We need Jesus. So we must be empty of ourselves in order to hunger. You know, when we just when we're full, we're not hungry for another meal. That's the same way with in the spirit world. If we are full of ourselves, we're not hungry for righteousness. We won't desire that. We're having too, such a good time. And I want to be clear, just because we are a Christian and just because we're, um, we have surrendered and we're empty of ourselves, we died and our life is hidden in Christ, through Christ in God, that doesn't mean our life gets boring. We can still have fun. We still have pleasurable time together. It's in the Lord. We, we, he gives us a different appetite, or a different desire. I can still go fishing, but it's not to boast in myself. When I go fishing, I pray that God would cause the fish to be hungry and they want to bite. I do. I just, because I give it to the Lord. And when I, um, I actually did this when I was Amish, when I was hunting. I don't hunt anymore. But it's just, Lord, if it's your will, bring him in front of me. And if not, and I do that for the children, when they go, I'll pray for them. That God, you get the honor and glory through this. We do it in a different mindset. It's not that I get the glory. Now, if I get a 20-point buck, I'm not going to brag about what I did. No, God was so good. Look at what God did. We need to stay focused on him. That's my life. We'll learn more on that. It's like, you know, when I'm not hungry, I know there's something wrong. You know, something's wrong with my body because normally I'm hungry. And it's getting to that time. Okay? So now, if I'm not hungry for the Word of God for my, to enhance or build my relationship with God, if I'm not hungry for that, there's something wrong spiritually. There's... We've got to check it out. We are failing. We're sick. So, big question is, what is righteousness? Number one, it's Christ. Jesus Christ is our, our righteousness. Bear with me, I'm going to go through a lot of scripture. For of him ye are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Also, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, ultimately in the beginning, we hunger and thirst for Jesus Christ. When we discover he's the one that will fill that void. 
When we receive Jesus Christ, we are filled. Like Jonathan was saying, we are also filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's... And in that, Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. But here's where some people run off track. That's, that's it. You know, in Christ, we're justified. We are now in the right standing. We're in righteousness. We are accepted by God through the sacrifice of Christ. It's a gift from God and a lasting reality, our assurance of our salvation because we know we have met Christ. It has made a difference in my life. That's our assurance. It's a blessing that deeply satisfies the soul and spirit. Sorry. A blessing that deeply satisfies the soul and spirit comes as a result of a right standing relationship with God. That's why blessed are we're happy. And that's where I want to make, be clear that righteousness does not end here. May I say, I'll share my concern, that um, I do listen to uh, some radio broadcasts. I don't know as much as I used to. Um, and I'll search online and just getting different points, getting different ideas. Um, but we need to be careful, very careful. It's um, like I've heard said already, you know, it's like eating fish. You eat the meat, but you spit out the bones. Don't swallow everything that's out there. Um, if it's taught about it's just the righteousness imputed and it stops there, it's false teaching. If it's all about grace, you do nothing, it's false teaching. Because we're saved by grace through faith. That is what we, if we don't, if we don't live by faith, we haven't experienced grace. And if, and if we're not living by faith and obedience, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm going there anyway to finish this. If we're not living by faith and obedience, we, are, we have not experienced righteousness. That righteousness has not been imputed because it will change my life. We can't help it. And if it hasn't changed you into becoming more like him and we're living by faith and we're uh, in obedience to the holy word of God, that is authority of my life now. It has not happened. It's... Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If it's nothing that we do, why does Paul say that? So I'm just cautioning. Let's be careful that we don't flip. We may have come out of a setting that's work-oriented, and we flip and we go into the ditch of no works. But there is a middle road that's balanced, and that's according to Scripture. We react, and we come off on the other side. Satan doesn't care which ditch we're in, just as long as we're in the ditch. It takes faith and obedience on our part. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, 
which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That they, <clears throat> sorry, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. <clears throat> All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify us unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Do we allow him to redeem us from all iniquity? All things have become new. We no longer like our old lifestyle. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to, to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Let's bring balance, though. I've talked a lot about the good works, and we can make ourselves be doing the good works. That's not profitable. It's because of his righteousness that has been imputed to me, it had changed my life, that I now, out of that being, I am doing these good works. So many times I also fear that we're trying so hard, I'm getting ahead again, to produce our own righteousness or produce our own good works. Trying so hard, we're drawing our own water. We'll get to that yet. So that brings me to the next one, is faith. Faith is an important part of our righteousness. We must live by faith, and on the bulletins, we live by faith, not by sight. And Paul wrote to the Romans that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And he also wrote to the Hebrews that without faith, it's impossible to please him, to please God. Knowing that my faith is in Jesus Christ, that he is my righteousness. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's why I say this is part of the righteousness. It's by faith. It is through our faith in Christ that we receive his righteousness. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and, all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation for his blood. Lips are sticking. Through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God has passed over the sin that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, when we receive Jesus, what do we get? We receive his life. You see, Jesus is not something I add to my life. He is my life. And we're not somebody that's patched up. We're somebody whose old life has been replaced by the life of Jesus. Jesus did not come to patch up what I have messed up in my own selfish desires and passions. And he did not come to improve it. He came to replace it. We start new. It's an amazing work that only Jesus Christ can do. Jesus came to exchange my old life and to give me his new life. Jesus told the woman at the well, you know, that the water she was drawing, she was going to thirst again. Therefore, she would have to come and draw more water. But if she would ask him, he would give living water, and she would never thirst again. Have we asked Jesus for that living water? Have we asked Jesus for his righteousness? Because it's a tiring, tiring life to try and produce the righteousness and constantly drawing and constantly drawing. That gets old. And the sad thing is, there's many church-going people that are still drawing their own water. They're hiding behind a facade. They're trusting in the way they dress or the way they don't do things or the way they do things. And what they're doing is not wrong in itself. But when you're trusting that that's your righteousness, it's an idol. Because it's only in Jesus Christ. So if you're hiding behind the facade, get out of there. It's not worth it. You are not righteous. Long sleeves don't make me righteous. Short sleeves don't make me righteous. This straight coat doesn't make me righteous. Or the lay-down collar doesn't make me more, more righteous. However, you know, some of these things, there's nothing wrong in it until we trust in that. Mennonite won't make me more righteous. Amish won't make me more righteous. 
speech, you won't make me more, more righteous. It's not in the name. Well, it is in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ. And see, God revealed and gave me a picture of this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You cannot see literal Jesus Christ around me. You cannot see that I am in Christ as far as a literal seeing. But by my life, it should be an evidence of the things not seen. And that is my faith should cause that it's the evidence of things not seen. There should be a visual evidence of our faith. Which now brings me to the next point is obedience. See, dynamic faith or faith that's alive, what James speaks about, is um, works of obedience. We're, we're obeying. It's... Um, Let's go to John. If you love me, this is Jesus saying it, keep my commandments. Are we obeying? If you keep my commandments, you will, be, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. There's a... The abiding. Um, there, there's a time that I was concerned, am I abiding in Christ? Am I a branch that's abiding in the vine? But you know, if you look at the grapes, have you ever went and to see, okay, is this branch abiding in the vine? No, you can see it. You can see it is because it's alive. Okay, that's my, I don't have to, okay, am I abiding? Am I alive? Am I alive in Christ? Am I living the life of Christ? That's how we know, am I abiding in him? Because I'm receiving life. Now, if I'm withering, there's something wrong. I take the branch and that is no longer abiding, the leaves wither. It dies. That's our spiritual life. We can see by our own selves if we're abiding or not. We don't have to look at the branch. Am I alive? First John now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments he who knows he who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him strong words if you know that he is righteous you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome or grievous. I hope we've noticed how important it is that we obey. If we say that we're in his righteousness and don't live 
in obedience, it says we're a liar and the truth is not in us. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Christ is not in us if we're not in obedience. It may sound strong, but it's just I cannot stand up here and give you a false hope. I am accountable in how I teach. And however, whatever I teach, don't just take it because I say it. Make sure it's the truth. And if it isn't, let me know. Because I want to teach the truth and the absolute truth. Turn with me to uh, Colossians 3. This scripture has been, may I say, precious to me. I, I read it and it challenges me. I'm going to start in verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Are we in obedience? Where's my mindset? Is it on things above or on things on the earth? I liked how James said in Sunday school, you know, if we look at our life and compare it to eternity, it's practically nothing. And when we think something's important, let's compare it to eternity. And there's a lot of things that just go away. That things that seem so important just vanish when we compare it in the light of eternity. I thought it was good counsel. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Do we believe that? And has it happened? It's something that I can't totally explain. But Paul says, for you died. And so many times we want to make excuses because I'm not experiencing it. Someone challenged me and said, and said about faith. When there's a verse that we don't understand, we just say, God, by faith, I believe exactly what you're saying here. I may not be experiencing it, but I want you to show me. By faith, I'm going to walk in it. That challenged me. Instead of just reading over it, and, oh, well, but the, and we keep going. And we're not intentionally doing it. But it's just, if it's something we don't understand, then we should be pursuing that. Lord, this is important. Even if I can't explain it. Even if I can't, um, seemingly my life doesn't 
It doesn't happen. That's where faith comes in. And I've taught many times about this death, and, and I'm not going to expound much on it. I'm, you'll get tired of it. But my mentor drove this point home till I got it. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Do we want to appear with him in glory? Absolutely. Then Christ must be our life. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Are we guilty of disobedience? If we are, the wrath of God is coming upon us. It's a promise. The reason I went here, there's so much that Paul is teaching that we need to do. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. There's another, there it is, it's gone. You put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. That's where the new life that Jesus Christ has brought me. We, we like to, we, we really enjoy the thing of, you know, our sins and all that is gone. We, we really praise him for that. But how about all the other old self? Has that been gone? We don't really thrive on that. That doesn't feel so good. It actually hurts to let self go. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarians, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Is Christ our all? Are we pursuing him and his righteousness? Because we'll be filled. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and the peace of God, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let him be the umpire. When he says it's out, don't do it. He's ruling your heart. He says that's going to be a foul. Don't, don't go there. He's the umpire. He's ruling your heart. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This challenges me. 
And I read it over and over. And it's just, Lord, help me. You know, we like to have the bar so low that we can just kind of step over it. The Word of God sets the bar up here. And Jesus came along and said, you know, it has been said it's here. But I say unto you, since I'm here, it's up here now. Because in me, you can do it. Without me, you can't do it. If we can do it, the bar is not high enough. Are we living in obedience? If not, it is high time to repent. For the wrath of God is coming on those, the, the disobedience. Righteousness, apart from faith in Christ and living in obedience, is as filthy rags. It's not going to work. By faith in Christ, the Christian grows in righteousness through obedience to God. The more you know God and live for God's glory, the more you're blessed. And I believe this beatitude is really the key for a victorious life. Do we have such an intense longing to live in righteousness that we forsake everything else for Christ? I want to close with this verse that Paul was writing to Timothy. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Because Jesus promised if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. Let's pray. James, I'll let you close. Heavenly Father, we just pause and we thank you of your wonderful work that was done in Jesus Christ. That in him is salvation. In him is righteousness, redemption, holiness, forgiveness, in him we find mercy. Thank you, Father, for being long-suffering to us and desiring none of us to perish. And Father, we deeply desire, long, to continue to walk in your righteousness. Enable us, Father, to hear your Spirit, that we communicate with the Spirit, and that we allow your peace to rule, to govern our heart, that you are on the throne, and that it affects how we act and react in life. That those we meet would see Jesus and glorify you. 
and even be drawn to you. Just bless us, Father. Bless this group of brothers and sisters here. Lord, they are so precious. Just work in each one of our hearts, Lord. Continue to sanctify us. There's areas that I have seen where need sanctification. So Father, help us. It's only in you. And Father, if there's some here that are drawing their own water yet, may they find you, Lord. Where there is peace, there's comfort, there's joy, unspeakable. Life can be a glorious life. And Father, I admit at times, because of my selfishness, I don't enjoy life. And that's not your fault. So cleanse me from all unrighteousness, Father. May we live by faith and obedience to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.